glad that see Brother Mike, Zachary, Brother Austin. I'm glad that they are here. Brother Mike kind of got on to me about getting on to him last, last Sunday. You stepped all over my toes, Pastor. I said, I'm sorry, but I'm glad that they're here. They've been through a lot, and God has been faithful. So thank you. Thank you for being here. It's good to see Sister Williams here. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to you. Good to see Brother Rick. He's here. And uh, Sister Tanya and her husband, Scott. I'm glad you guys are here. If there's any other visitors I missed, I apologize, but we're glad you're here as well. It's a great day to be in the Lord. It's a great day to be able to celebrate the Lord and to celebrate the moms that he's given us. I, uh, I'm just so thankful for God. I'm thankful for what he's been doing in the families and in the lives of this church. So with that, without any further ado, I'd like to read from the book of Isaiah chapter 45, and I'd like to read three verses, 22 through 24. I'll be reading from the book of Isaiah 45. Say amen if you're there. I know that it's common to prepare a Mother's Day themed message. Perhaps this will be. But when I was preparing it, I was just trying to be obedient with the Lord. Is that all right? So we're just going to have church on Mother's Day. Is that okay? Isaiah 45, 22. This is the New Living Translation. It says, Let all the world look to me for salvation. For I am God and there is no other remember that verse from last Sunday and so we're going to continue verse 23 I have sworn by my own name I have spoken the truth and I will never go back on my word did you hear that God says I will never go back on my word never 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 so if God tells you it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. If God tells you he's going to fix it, then it's going to be fixed. If God told you that he's going to bring you out, and you're going to come out. God doesn't go back on his word, ever. Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. The people will declare, the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And all who are angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. Bishop, will you pray? Amen. You may be seated. Isaiah 45 and 24, the last verse we read, that the people will declare, 
The Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And all who were angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. I want to title this message today, The Source. The Lord says a couple definitive statements here in the scriptures we read. The first one that God makes, he says, For there is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none but me. That's a definitive statement. It means without doubt, for surety, that it will be. It is. It's as is. He means what he says, right? That the Lord never goes back on his word. God said there is no other God. That means there will never be another God. God never changes and goes back on his word. There is no other God. And he says, I am the righteous God and the Savior, and there is none but me. He makes a second statement. He says, for I am God, in verse 22, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no other. He says it again, even just as forceful. For God is putting some, some foundations right here. He's saying, I am the only God. I'm the only righteous God. I'm the only Savior, and there is no one else. He finishes it, and he says, I have spoken the truth, and I will never go back on my word. That's definitive. Not I might, not maybe, not if circumstance happens, not by chance. He says, I will never go back on my knee, on, on my word. And then he says, definitively, every knee will bend to me. Every knee. Not some, not 99%, but that all knees will bend to him. And every tongue will declare allegiance to me. That's definitive. That's going to happen. Why? Because God said it, and God never goes back on his word. If God says every knee will bend and every tongue will swear allegiance, then every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. These are things that are going to happen, whether we want them to or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we understand it or not. These will take place. We are not God. and We cannot change him nor his word. Verse 24, he makes one more declaration. He says, the people will declare. This is coming from God. And I know this seems very simple. And I want to take my time to, to really lay this runway. But God who sits on the throne, remember the one God, the righteous God, the saving God, the God whose word never changes and he never goes back, that same God then says that the people will declare. That means that everybody that bended a knee, every tongue that confessed, that those people will also do the following. They're going to declare that the Lord is the source of all righteousness and strength. That means every agnostic is going to say that Jesus Christ is righteous. That Jesus Christ is the strength of all power. That every atheist will declare that there is a God. And he 
is a righteous Savior and He is a righteous God. You must read this in the context in which it was written. This is not questionable. This isn't up for debate. He's not asking people's opinions. He simply says, this is going to happen. That all people will acknowledge that I'm God. I don't know how I feel about it. Feelings were not asked about this. It's going to happen. We the children of God, we await this time. We look forward to this time. I can't wait until I can stand before God like Peyton stood up here and I can sign, sing, and shout hallelujah to God. I await that day. But he says the people will declare that the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength and all who are angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. All those atheists that are mad about the teachings about God, that are mad about the teachings of creationalism, that are mad about all of the, the Christian people who are saying that there's a God and we need to walk after God, we need to live after God, we need to fall in love with God, we need to worship God. All these people that are mad at God because tsunamis hit, because earthquakes come, because of cancer, because of COVID, because of this injustice and that injustice, that when it's said and done, people's eyes will be enlightened and there'll be no excuses and there'll be a shame that they didn't worship God when he moved in their lives they'll be embarrassed that they didn't fall in love with God while he was reaching them with mercy we like to flippantly say that we were angry with God but we need to be very careful for the word of God says that all who were angry with him will come and be ashamed I know that we say that in emotions and sometimes dark nights, but we can't live a lifestyle of being angry with God. We've got to humble ourselves before Him. We've got to surrender our will to Him. We've got to surrender our thoughts and our mind and our emotions and put them into subjection to the Spirit of God. We don't understand. We taught in class. It says that his peace passes all understanding. That there is a peace from God that will settle it in our heart. That we can wait on God to deliver us and heal us and make it right. But we can't afford to get mad at God, blame God, curse God, re -re walk out on God. We are not of the unashamed category, but we are unashamed. son-in-law wears this shirt and every time I see it it says Una Shamed. every time we got this t-shirt Una Shamed, and I'm like Una Shamed, and I already know what it says but every time I see it Una Shamed, it says unashamed but it's broken up and we ought to be unashamed before God because God is the source of our righteousness God is the source of my strength 
And when I go through things that I don't quite understand why, or I don't quite understand how long it's going to go, and I, I, my opinion wasn't asked before God decided to do this, and God decided to move that way, that way. He didn't counsel with me. He didn't ask me how I felt about it. He didn't consult with me. God is the source. The source is a person or thing from which something comes into being or it's derived from or obtained from. God is that. That our salvation is derived from Him. Our peace is obtained from Him. Our joy is found in Him. Our forgiveness comes from Him. All that we are is in Him, for Him, and through Him. The people will declare that the Lord is the source. He says there is no other God. That means there's no other source. Come on, somebody. There is no other source of righteousness under heaven and in heaven. It's God. There's no other source. There's no other source of strength. There's no other source of righteousness. It is God and God alone. There is one God, and He is the source. Do you know that we will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness? We will say that. Everyone that's here, everyone that's watching online, everybody that listens to this later, there will come a day in our life that we will confess and say, Lord, you are the source of my righteousness. You are the source of my strength. You're the reason why I was able to overcome. You're the reason why I matter at all. You're the reason why I didn't commit suicide. You're the reason why I didn't die an alcoholic. You're the reason why I didn't die an addict. You're the reason why I wouldn't die of cancer. You're the reason why I wasn't consumed in bitterness. Lord, you are the source of my strength. You are the source of righteousness in my life. know why we'll declare that we all know Romans you know 310 it says as it is written there is none righteous no not one we know that right so we know by default we're, we're we're not righteous but that's not really why we know that the righteousness is in God we believe and we know that God is the source of our righteousness from scriptures like this this is the one that that really lets us know for I know that nothing good dwells in me. Hello? That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Anybody? For I do not the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. It's scripture like that that we identify with. And we say, God, all the evil that I don't want to do, I wind up doing. I've realized that there's none righteous. None righteous. That you're the source of my righteousness. Timothy, this is what it says. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 
I told my Sunday school class today that I identify with this verse. I feel like this, that the more I live and the longer I walk before God, the more I realize that I'm a chief of sinners, that I'm not worthy of anything, that it takes a God that can fix a broken mess, that it takes something bigger than me to fix this mess. It takes a God in His righteousness to cleanse my soul. I feel like I'm the worst sinner in the ship. I feel like I'm the worst sinner that's here today. I feel like I'm a no good, worthless piece of junk. I feel like it. It's things like that that make my consciousness and my heart aware that there is nothing that dwells in me other than the Spirit of God that's good. That I need His source of righteousness. I need His source of strength or I'm not going to make it. Hear me. If we don't allow God to be the source of our righteousness, if we don't allow God to be the source of our strength, we're not going there because there is no righteousness within any of us. It's His righteousness that is put in us. It's His glory that shines on us. It's His holiness that dwells among us. We can only do good because He helps us to do good. We can only walk upright because the Spirit is the overcomer. It is the helper. And the helper that's in us helps us to do right. I want to teach a little bit. Can I do that? I know it's Sunday, but I think someone needs to learn a thing. Saul to David. Saul was evil and David was good. Everybody following that? Saul to David. Saul's evil. David was good. People sang of the praises of David. People glorified the works of David. People loved David. And Saul they hated. And Saul they despised. Because Saul was jealous and Saul was such and such and such such and such. So Saul was evil and David was good. This is what the scripture says in 1 Samuel 24, 17. Saul says to David, you are more righteous than I, for I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. The scripture says that God is the source of righteousness. Come on, somebody. This is how the world and our reality goes. One minute we can do good, and the next we're evil. Saul was evil, and David was good. But David was evil, and Uriah was good. The Word of God says, Why have you despised the Word of the Lord to do what is evil in His sight? This is the good man, David, who has done evil. You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, 
and you've taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. The good man was now evil. Just like his father-in-law before him. There is none righteous. There is none good. The goodness is the goodness of God. And the righteous is the righteousness of God. And good men will do evil. And evil men will sometimes do good. But neither are correct. Neither are right. It's God in man that makes them right. His righteousness. David had sinned. David was once praised as a good man. And he was rebuked and condemned and shamed as an evil man. And as an evil man, he fell on his face and he repented to God and he wrote this psalm. Psalm 51.9. This is what David writes after he has sinned. He says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Now pay attention. Verse 14, deliver me from my blood guiltiness. Oh God, oh God of my salvation. Right? Isaiah said there's one God who's righteous and our Savior. David said, deliver me, oh God of my salvation. And my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. When David was being inducted as king and anointed as king and he had not yet murdered and committed adultery, it would be very easy for him to think, boy, God is with me. Boy, I've got the anointing of God. Boy, I've got the pleasure of God. I've got the gift of God. I'm the chosen of God. And he got high and lifted up. And it said when the time came for kings to go out and do war, that David stayed home and was being lazy on the rooftop and he fell into sin that means that none of us no matter how good we are in the moments we are when the seasons we're doing great that there's always sin waiting behind the door Every single one of us at one point in our life is going to open the door of sin and we're going to have to find the blood of the Lamb and we're going to have to repent before God. We're going to have to say, Lord, I'm sorry. But all it does is bring to, to permission, all it does is bring to fruition what God said, that I will never go back on my word, that the people will declare that I am the source of their righteousness. They will declare that I'm the source of their strength. They're going to look and see that they're not able to do it on their own but they need me in their lives folks we've all sinned we've all come short of the glory of God we've all been unrighteousness at times in our lives but all that means is we need God to be our righteousness the degrees hanging on the walls aren't going to earn it 
the ministries that we are allowed to perform aren't going to cut it. Our attendance in church, our faithfulness to the house of God, our faithfulness to the offering plate, our faithfulness to the choir, our faithfulness to the Sunday school room is good, but it's not the righteousness of God. We all need the righteousness of God. We all need to say, God, create within me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit. For, oh Lord, blot out my iniquities. Blot out my transgression. Nail them to the cross. For, Lord, you are the source of my righteousness. You are the source of my strength. You know what Peter did? He said, God, I'll never, never betray you. And God said, yes, you will. You're going to do it three times, in fact. And Peter said, no, I won't. He said, yes, you will. He said he never goes back on his word. And Peter betrayed the Lord three times. This Peter who thought that he was doing good by giving up everything, giving up his career, giving up time with his wife and his children to serve the Messiah, paying the price of being an apostle, going without food, going without the, the needs met of his life, paying all these wonderful sacrifices to God, wound up denying God. The man that was given the first apostolic message denied God. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he began to preach, he was preaching as an unrighteous man that had the righteousness of God on him. Peter then, he pens an epistle. And this is what Peter says. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing by ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter, how do you know about the righteousness of God? Because it was Peter that was denying him. It was Peter, the one that's, that reached out like we preached the other day, and said, Lord, save me. It was Peter that pulled out the sword and cut the man's ear off. Peter, that was being a hypocrite, and we would eat with the Gentiles when the Jews weren't looking. It was Peter, a man of God who knew sin, but then knew the forgiveness of sin and the righteousness of God found him. Scripture in Isaiah that we read, here's what's going on. Israel was promised that God would be with them and God would go before them. You know what Israel does? They go and they start serving Baal and they start serving Shamash and they serve other pagan gods. They start worshiping these things that should not be worshiped. You know what God does? God says, I'm going to punish you for not serving me, for cheating on me, for walking away 
for committing idolatry. And God uses the nation of Assyria to come in and to take captive the children of Israel. The same children of Israel that were promised under Abraham and under Moses. The same children that received promises through Jacob that he would be their God. All of a sudden were being conquered by Assyria. And then he got mad and he began to move and he conquered Assyria by the Babylonian Empire. But the children of Israel remained in captivity. And every time their captives were captured, every time their captives were conquered, the Israelites would get in their mind, this is going to be it, 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 this is our deliverance, this is our time, this is it, this is it. But God just kept bringing in one evil nation after the next. Brought in Assyria, he brought in Babylon, and then he's like, I'm going to bring in the Persian Empire. There's going to be a man named Cyrus, who's a Persian lord, who's not of your faith, who's not of your people, who's not of your kind, who's not of your nation. But I'm using him. And God begins to speak to Isaiah about what Cyrus would do. In the 45th chapter. And when God is telling the children of Israel, I'm going to rise up the empire of Persia. And they're going to conquer the Babylonian empire that you currently serve. I'm going to do these things. And through this, I'm going to become your deliverer. And I want you captive people to know something. That there is one God. That there is one Savior and I'm it. That there is one righteousness and I'm it. And he began to tell them people while they were getting ready to be set free by Persia. While they were getting ready to have another war among the Gentile nations that conquered them. While they were sitting around not in control. God began to say, my people will declare that the Lord is the strength and righteousness. He told a captive nation that had been in captivity after captivity that I will do a thing in the midst of your captivity. But in the captivity, they're going to declare that I was the source of their righteousness. I was the source of their strength. I was the source of everything that was good that brought them out. He told him, he said, but everybody that's angry at me is going to be ashamed. What he was talking about was a lot of the Israelites that got mad that God let them be conquered by the Assyrians. Generations spoke to their children and spoke to their grandchildren that they were mad at Yahweh. They were mad at Adonai. They were mad at Jehovah because he allowed the Assyrian Empire to conquer their nation. That these Gentile, these pagans walked in onto their holy promised land and took them hostage. And then they got even more mad when God didn't deliver them from the Assyrians but allowed the Babylonians to defeat them and now keep them hostage. They we're looking around thinking, how come our God didn't give us an army? How come our God didn't give us the power to defeat the Assyrians? 
he'll give the power to the Babylonians. And now they're sitting there and they're praying and they're like, oh God, deliver us. And God says, fine, but the power of the Lord is going to come through the hand of Cyrus. The power of the Lord is going to come through the Persian Empire. What were the Jews looking for? The Messiah. What were the Jews waiting for? The Deliverer, the Messiah. To deliver them from the Assyrian Empire. To deliver them from the Babylonian Empire. To deliver them from the Persian Empire. They kept looking for God to come down and to make them conquer their enemies. To make them rule this world and fulfill the promises to Abraham, to Jacob. They were looking for these things. But instead God kept using foreign pagan nations to move in their lives. What if God uses this world and pagan empires to move in the apostolic world today? Real quiet. Because we're looking for the return of the Lord. But what if God, before he returns, decides to use wicked nations? It is his prerogative after all. What if God chooses to use wicked men and women in this earth for his agenda? I will stand before the world and the wicked men and I will declare the righteousness of God. I will stand before the wickedness and evilness of this world and I will tell them, hey listen, your government is not the source of my strength. Your rules, your agenda is not the source of my righteousness. Your counseling sessions, your, your, your curriculum in the schools, in the colleges, your, your classes of training in the workplace, they are not the source of my strength. They are not the source of my peace. They are not the source of my joy. Go to team building exercises and workshops at work. It's going to put the joy back in the workplace. No, Jesus in our heart will. I will declare that Jesus is the source of my strength. He is the source of my righteousness. You know why God didn't give an army to Israel? Israel would have turned and said our army defeated them our army overtook Nebuchadnezzar our army is what overtook Xerxes of Persia our army did these things you know why God didn't give them weapons because they would have looked and said I'm skilled with the bow and arrow I'm skilled with the sword and shield I'm skilled with a sling. I'm skilled with a spear. God took all of that and let it be another nation's. Let it be another power. And God was looking at his people in captivity and he's saying, I don't need to put a spear in your hand. I don't need to put a weapon in your hand. For don't you remember that unrighteous King David when he slew Goliath? He said, let the world know that God does not save by the sword. Folks, sometimes the source of your deliverance is not.
in your training, in your education. Source of God. I think it's the strongest in our tears. I think the source of God and the strength of God is the strongest when we're broken before Him. When we tell God, I can't do this, I can't fight this, I cannot make sense of this. I cannot organize this. I can't get my mind straight. I can't organize my thoughts. I can't make this disappear. And it's those places that God brings His children to because His Word says that we will declare that He is the source. You wonder why we never see people in church when there's money pouring in, when there's job security, when there's blessings abundant. But the moment they lose their job, they're in the altar. The moment there's cancer, they're in the altar. The moment there's disaster, they're calling for the elders. And then people say, why do bad things happen? Sometimes you want the answer, bad things happen because God's trying to get our attention. He's trying to say, you're looking at so many things and none of them are me. The source of your income is not your employer. The source of our income is the hand of God. Mom, you were right when you told the story. For our natural mind says the source of healing for my son is his pills. But my son, if you ask him, boss, who is it that prays for you? You're going to lock up. We're like, yeah, the medication's working. The pastor said that. Yeah, the medication's working. Sister Kathy, you were in the medical field. The medication's working. My son, it's like, no. Like, this is a hat, boys, right? Ball cap, boy. Boys. At the source of his healing is the faith by people laying hands on him and God moving on his life. Sometimes we got to be reminded that it's not our skill set. Our skills are not the source of our survival. Our source of survival is coming straight from the top. Straight from the throne room, baby. It's coming from God. Lord, help us to never forget that you are the source of our success. I built my business 
By the help of God you did. By the grace of God you did. By the mercies of God you did. I applied myself, I proved myself at work, and I got promotions. Not by your application to your workplace, but by your allegiance, by your loyalty to God, did you get promoted. It goes both ways. I got promoted and I got demoted. Both God were in control of. goes both ways. God gave me the job, and I got laid off. Both. God is our source. If God gives, God will take. And if God takes, God will give. Whether God gives or whether God takes, blessed be the name of our Lord. For the source of my life is not this world. It is Jesus Christ. And I got news for you. The source of our health is not hospitals. It's the hand of God that directs hospitals to move on us. I love each and every one of you very much. And together we are strong. Together we are strong. But without the Lord in us, without the strength of the Lord moving upon us, working in us, we're nothing. We're never going to be anything. Told we were teaching in class, and I said, "There's, there's a saying that says, fake it till you make it.' Right? Fake it till you make it. Do you know in with God? That's not the saying at all. The saying with God is, fake it, you won't make it. Fake it, you ain't going there." We can't fake strength before Him. We can't get before God and start singing that old song, I did it my way. Or He's going to show you the highway. Who was that, Sinatra? Don't sing Sinatra before the Lord. Sing the songs you heard in your church. That you're the source of my strength. You are the source of my strength. Lord, you are the source of my righteousness. You're the source of my salvation. You're the source of my healing. You're the source of my deliverance. Lord, you are the source of everything that's in me that's good and holy and righteous. I wonder if we couldn't stand to our feet right now. And I wonder if we couldn't begin to lift our hands towards the source, the one God, 
and begin to say to him, Lord, you are the source of my strength. Lord, you are the source of my righteousness. Lord, you are the source of my healing. You are the source of my deliverance. God, you are the source of my provisions, God. Brother Mike, you've been through a lot with the death of your wife. Brother Zach had to have surgery. It's just been a, it's just been a season. And I look at you and your boys. You're standing before God after it all. You're standing in the house of the Lord before God. After all the questions of why. Why her? Why me? Why my family? Brother Mike, Brother Austin, Brother Zach, God is your source. God was your mom's source. I know you're here on Mother's Day honoring her. We haven't even talked, but I can see it in your eyes. I know that you came to honor your mom. And I know your mom would be so proud of you. I know that you know this, but I want you to know that I know this. That God was your mom's source. Brother Mike, God was your wife's source. He didn't heal her in the end to save her natural life. But he promoted her to salvation for an eternal life. He is the source of her salvation. He is the source of her peace and her happiness in the throne room. Boys, mom wants to see you there. But before you get there, your mom wants the source that was in her life to be the source that's in your life. There's other here Sister Kathy and your family, you're suffering the loss of your nephew. We've talked, and you know, but God was the source. You still got family that's here, and God's wanting to be their source. I'd like everybody to point your hands towards that family and pray that God would give them wisdom in the words to put into their family's life that they would turn towards the source of salvation. God, use Sister Kathy, use Brother Brandon, use Sister Leanne to minister to her family that they want saved. God, that they would recognize that you're the source of salvation. 
God, that they would turn to you and realize you're the source of righteousness, that you're the source of the strength. that there's many needs in this house and I know this house went from being very warm to cold I was sweating now I got a chill going on that's what happens in spring and fall hot and cold, hot and cold but he is our source if we can praise him when we're hot we can praise him when we're cold We can praise Him when we're healthy, and we can praise Him when we're sick. We can praise Him when we're happy, and we can praise Him when we're not doing so good. I wonder if there's somebody in the house that you want to come to the altar on Mother's Day and begin to say, God, you have been the source of my strength every day of my life. God, you've been the source of my existence every breath that I breathe in. God, you've been the source of my help in every valley I've had to walk through. God, you've been the source of the light in every darkness I've been in. (laughs) Jesus is the source. He's what you've been looking for. He's what you've been searching for. You might not even know how much you need him. God is opening hearts and minds and eyes. And God, you are the source. Lord, every time I try to do it on my own, I make a mess of it. God, you're the source. Would you all come? Would you all come? This altar's open.